All right, let's get going. So today's daf is daf yud base, page twelve in the Hilgim Masechus Gittin, and we pick up uh, eight lines from the top of the Yomud. We're at the two dots. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight lines from the top of the Yomud, and the two dots is Shem Yirtze Shlai Lozen V'Chulu. Our Mishnah. Let's remind ourselves we're getting into the concept of Zochin Lodem Shlai B'Fanov, being Zeicha for somebody, accepting something, taking ownership. For somebody on their behalf, even though they did not explicitly ask me to be their messenger. So in general, if I know that I'm 100% benefiting somebody, I can acquire it on their behalf. What would be an example? Again, Ruvain says to Shimon that I want to give $100 to Levi. Please bring it to Levi. Shimon can think to himself, I am an odd, I am, as soon as it comes to my hand, it is Levi's. I'm Levi's shliach. I'm Levi's messenger. And therefore, as soon as Reuven gives it over to Shimon, the $100, Reuven cannot back out anymore. He can't say, give it back. You know, it never made its way to Levi. I can say, no, I'm Levi's shliach. I'm his messenger. It's, it's, it's as if it's already in Levi's hand. You can't back out. Now, this is only true when it's a 100% benefit to the person. What if there's a detriment to the person in any way, shape, or form? So then maybe the person doesn't necessarily want me to be his messenger of acceptance. And the examples our Mishnah gave was if a husband sends a get to a wife and the messenger thinks to himself, I am accepting it for the wife. It's as if it's already in the wife's hand. Says the Mishnah, no. Because it's not 100% that there's only a gain for the wife by being divorced. Why not? Well, financially, every husband is obligated to take care of his wife no matter what, financially. As long as she's his wife, he's obligated to take care of her. And therefore, if the messenger would be, would think to himself, I am also a messenger of the wife, well, the wife's losing out financially by him accepting the gift for her, so you can't do that. Unless she asks you to, you can't do it. What about if a master sends a letter of freedom, a letter of emancipation, to his servant with a messenger. That is for sure to the servant's benefit. Why? Every master has to support his servant. So maybe the servant's going to say, uh, it's not 100% to my benefit. Answer is, we said in the Mishnah, and this is where we're going to pick up, because even though a servant, uh, a master is, is obligated to... I should say, even though a master does take care of his servant's financial needs, if he doesn't, if a master were not to, a servant cannot go to a bezdin and never canani cannot go to a bezdin and make a financial claim against the master. Okay, I just didn't feed my servant. So what should the servant do? Well, he'll go earn money on his own. He doesn't have to die. He's not going to starve. So he says to the master, "Okay, you don't want to feed me? I'll go make my own money." And it's going to cause a loss to you. You won't, you won't have a servant working for you anymore. That's it. Finito. Uh, five hours a day. I'm going to do whatever I do. I'm allowed to eat. But it's not an uh, absolute obligatory financial responsibility of a husband, uh, of a master to feed the servant. That's where we pick up. Two dots. If... The master decides he's not going to give his servant uh, food, sustenance. He doesn't have to. 
And therefore, it's always to the servant's advantage to be free. Let's get into this. from here. See from here. A master can say to a Zeved, work for me, and I'm not going to feed you. Okay. Says the Gemara. No, not necessarily. You can't learn that out from here. Because maybe the case of our Mishnah is, the master said to the servant, Listen, you're my servant. So your working hours are meshubah to me, are obligated to me. I'll tell you what. I want you to go take a job in an accounting firm. And the money that they pay you usually would go to me because you're my property. But I'll say, you know what? You keep your profits and you keep your food. But maybe, says the Gemara, it's not necessarily true that every master could tell a servant, nah, I'm not feeding you. You can't just say that. The only time you could say it, perhaps, is if the, master, if the servant is actually working for the master. So the master is entitled to that money. But instead of taking the money, he tells the servant, hold on to it and feed yourself. Okay, but you still see it. Master is obligated to feed a servant. It doesn't have to be from me. It could be from the servant's own income. Says the Gemara, that doesn't make sense. I'll tell you why. Because we contrasted somebody accepting a get for a servant with somebody accepting a get for a wife. And we said, for a wife, it's not 100% to her advantage to be divorced. To a servant, it is 100% advantageous to be free. Says the Gemara. So, to Kavasa, if that's the case, we'll say, Opposite this, Gabisha by a woman. To Omar Allah, a husband says to his wife, Usually a husband has rights to his wife's income because of his responsibility to feed her. What if a husband tells a wife, you keep your income and I, uh, you hold on to the money for your income and I won't have a responsibility to feed you. Isha, my life. Why can't you do this? Our mission says, again, that you can't, it seems our mission, you cannot do this because... We said it's always a disadvantage to a wife to be divorced. Well, if we're calling this an advantage to the servants, by to keep your income opposite your your food, the same thing should apply to a woman. And we should say it's not always to her; it's not necessarily to her detriment to be divorced. By a wife, the we're dealing with a case; she's not earning enough income. To support herself. Now, says the Gemara, okay, well then, there's a difference in a, a servant and a wife. What's the difference? Well, the difference is that in this case, the, of our mission, the wife's not earning the income and the servant is. Come on. Again, we're contrasting two similar cases a woman to a star shikhr, a letter of emancipation. So if the case of the woman is that she's not earning enough money, the case of the Ebed also is that she's not earning enough money. To which the Gemara answers, He certainly is. Any servant certainly is holding down his weight in, uh, in earning a livelihood because otherwise why would a master own him? Why would you be willing to have a servant which is a financial liability if the servant doesn't have any earnings that's at least equal to his, uh, to his upkeep. It's always going to cause a constant loss to the master. Now, opposite this, by a woman, it doesn't make a difference. See, even if a woman has earned income, that's on her own cheshmer. She's not responsible. She's not obligated to do that. In a ksuba, it says, the husband signs the ksuba. The husband's the one who's responsible financially to the wife. The wife's not responsible financially 
uh, to the husband. Now, we learned previously there's a minimal responsibility of value that she brings to the home with making sure there's enough clothing and food and the, 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 the five slime, right, and uh, in work that she does. But practically speaking, either way, the, the, the husband is the one who has the complete financial responsibility. There's no reciprocation that is obligatory from the wife. From a servant, there's an obligation to hold your weight in value. Otherwise, the, the master is not going to hold you. Okay. Bottom line is, we don't have a complete proof as to, um, as to whether a master could say to a servant, work for me, and I'm not feeding you. We don't have a proof to that. If you have an Ebed, Kenani, that again is obligated in mitzvahs, and he killed unintentionally, so he was sent to an near Miklod, ain't Rabbi Chayav Lizani, since he's not working for the master right now, because he's living in a different town. So the master is not obligated to feed him. Even if he earns in the near Miklod, he's my other go to, rabbi, to, to his master. You see from here, you see we have a time where a where the Ebed is working for the master, and the master still doesn't have to feed him. So he says, no. In that case as well, the master, the guys in the air, the man says, you know what? Hold on to your work that you're working as a tailor or any other income, uh, any other uh, avenue of, of income uh, in the Ermiklat. And in lieu of that, I will, uh, in lieu of that, I'm not going to be obligated to feed you. You hold on to your income, and I'm not obligated to feed you. Okay. Why is the master getting his earnings? He told him to hold on to it. Someone says, no, la dafa. But the master told the guys like this. He's an air mikla. Master says, listen, you're earning $1,000 a week. It costs $700 a week to support you. You hold on to $700 to support yourself, and the extra $300 will, will go to me. Okay. Says the Gemara, dafa pshita. Of course it goes to the master. That's the Chiddush of the Braiser. Since when the if the servant were not to earn enough, the owner's off the hook from feeding him. So therefore, I'll say you can't uh, you, you can't do both, right? You can't only have a gain. Meaning, if he loses money, I don't need to feed you. If you make money, it goes to me. It's like guaranteed income, no such thing, right? Somebody guarantees you automatic returns. Be very very careful. Right? But over here, it seems to be a guaranteed return. Kamash Malan. Therefore, the Brisa lets me know, the Taka, this is the case. If you have a master whose servant ends up in the Ir Miklat, so the master can say to the servant as follows, you work in the Ir Miklat, if you earn enough to support yourself, good. If you earn more, I get that extra. And in the meantime, if you don't earn enough, it's not my responsibility. Again, the guy doesn't have to, the guy's not going to starve. They'll say, okay, fine. So I'll go uh, work my own way or I'll live off of uh, tzedakah. Says the Gemara, Why do we mention specifically in Ir Miklat, the city of refuge? Mention any other case. He's not with the masters. I would have thought, say, since it says in the Tyre, that when you go to an Ir Miklat, that he lives with him, which means any person in Ir Miklat has to live normally of a so the servant, the master is obligated to feed the servant. There's an etichidus that even if he, if he goes to a miklat, usually your servant has to live with you. Um, but over here, when he goes to a miklat, the, the master is not going to be uh, obligated 
in feeding his servant. Says the Gemara. First wide line. We learned at the end of the Brisa. Let's say you have a wife who kills unintentionally. So she runs to an ear miklat. Her husband's obligated to feed her. You see, a husband did not tell his wife. If a husband would tell a wife who had to go to an Irmiklat, he says, listen, honey, I'm staying in St. Louis. You're going to an Irmiklat. I'll tell you what, work there and feed yourself with your own earnings. Why would a husband be obligated to pay for her food? We know that a husband could make this deal with a wife. And since in the Seifa, we're not dealing with a case where he told his wife, work for your food. So we'll say in the first part of the Brisa also, we're not dealing with by the Ebed, we're also not dealing with where he says to him, again, because the Reisha and Seifa are contrasting the case of Isha and Ebed. So whatever the circumstances are surrounding the Isha, those are going to be the same circumstances surrounding the Ebed. To which the Gemara responds, really, we're dealing with the case where he told, the master told the servant, you work for your own food. And he says to his wife, you work for your own, own food. However, be should delay safka. But there's a difference. Let's pause. And this is what the Gemara is going to get into right now. Ready? It says the Gemara like this. Kishmak. Either way, by the woman, by the Ebed, a husband can say to his wife, you work for your income and feed yourself that way. And you can say to your Ebed, you work for your income and feed yourself that way. The master can do that. However... There's a big difference still, and here's the difference. The difference is, let's say they don't end up earning the income. If a husband says to his wife, you could keep your income to support yourself. Let's say it costs her $500 a week to support herself. And she earns $200 a week. The husband has to make up the shortfall. Ksuba. But by an Ebed, it's not, the Ebed is not so. Even if a master says to an Ebed, you keep your food and income, and the, and the servant doesn't earn enough, the master does not need to make up the shortfall. The Ebed could live off of stucco. He can go and ask people for, he can go and ask people for money. The difference between the Ebed and the Isha is going to be, you're right, a husband or master can make that deal, but let's say they don't earn it. A husband's always responsible to fill that gap for his wife. A master is not responsible to fill that gap for his Evan. Says the Gemara. Take your earnings and place your food. He's, uh, he has a right to do that. And the ratio seems to imply we did not tell his wife. This is we mean to say. Let's say she is earning enough. And he says to her, you're earning enough to support yourself. Good. So you know what? Hold on to your money. That'll support you. Rashai. You could do that. Maspekas Maila Memra. This is more of course. Any situation you could. Doesn't make a difference if she's in Gullahs. Doesn't make a difference if she's living with him. A wife. You can always make that deal. A person can always make a deal like that with his wife. The one says, I would have thought to say. That no. Now that a woman's out in the air miklat. You can't expect her to start hustling. Trying to knock on people's doors and saying, hey, you know, I'm an expert uh, tailor. I'm an expert shoemaker. I'm a good scribe. You can't expect your wife to go out and do that. Kamashlon, the Bible lets us know that 
um, if a wife is capable of supporting herself, a husband has a right to uh, ask his wife to go and support her. Okay. Period. Bottom line. Bottom line. Our Gemara started out trying to make a diuk, trying to make an inference from the Mishnah, um, which is that if somebody has an Evid, that Evid does not have a financial claim against an owner who's not supporting him enough. And if the owner's not giving him enough, the Evid will go and work to make up that shortfall. Okay? That's the halacha. That was the inference, and that's the halacha lemais. Says the Gemara, let's say that it's actually a machlekas tanoi. Whether or not a master is financially obligated to feed and support a servant is a machlekas tanoi. Rav Shingamil says, Yachol, Abed Lamil Rabbi Bishrei Bitsiris, a servant can tell his master the years of famine, either give me food. I hate seeing the so let me go. I food's expensive. Doesn't matter. I'm your servant, you feed me. You don't want to feed me, I'm out of here. It's up to the master. My love, welcome, Ilfagi. What do you mean it's up to the master? So it's not so clear. So what's the assumption? One opinion is you could, a master is able to force his servant to work for him no matter what. Another one says, no. The Chamu say that you're not obligated seem to imply that you can force your servant to work for you even if you're not feeding him. But she goes, says, no, you got to free him. Says, more of a tisbara, you think that's the Machlaikas? The, the Brisa should say, either feed me or let me go free. The Brisa should have said, either feed me or give me what I work for you, give me my earnings in order to pay for my food, if that was Taka the Machlaikas about Maisia Dayim. The item fetted more. Furthermore, Maishna Bishne Batseris. Why are we dealing here specifically with the famine era? It should be any time. Any time a, a, a servant says, I don't have enough food, you're not feeding me, there could be plenty. But he says, You're not giving me food, we should have the same Machlaikas. Why specifically years of famine? Ellie says, Rather, Hakamayaski, let me explain what's happening here. To Omar Loi. The master says to him, "Say, my say, You hold on to your earnings. You hold on to your income. to feed yourself." The problem is, during years of famine, food is a fortune, and people aren't earning enough to buy that food. So the servant doesn't have enough money. He's working, but his income is not covering enough to support himself. So if Shingamil Savar. Says either free me or give me food so that people will see me and have Rahmanas on me. Okay. In other words, he wants to be free because an Avakani who's free takes on the status of a regular yid. And a regular yid, people are more night to people lean towards taking care of them. Yeah, beautiful. Machlaikas here is in human nature. In human nature. If somebody has a status of an Evid, they're going to treat him less than others. Say the Chachamim, just the majority, what a beautiful lesson. That no, 
anybody, if somebody's in need, you didn't step up and take care of them, whether or not they are avadim. It could be an Avakanani who's only partially Jewish, we'll call it, Chayev in some mitzvahs. Yidin will take care of you. You don't need to be completely free. Therefore, you have no right to say, oh, if I would be free, I would have uh, more capability of, uh, of having food. It's not true. Yidin have Rachmanus. Okay. Zokti Gemara Vaiter. Toshima. Come and listen. Three lines from the bottom. Tiyomar Rav. Rav says, Amaktish Yidei Avdoi. If a person makes the hands of his Eved into hektish, I say Eved So that servant, he borrows money, and eats, and then he works with Perea, and he, he's, uh, he pays back for what he borrowed. We have a problem over here because if he uses the Eved himself, then he's considered mile. He's benefiting from hektish, and that's a problem. Right, so what do you do? You have the Eved borrow money, and then the um, as as uh, we'll see when he borrows money. So then the kedusha is going to go on less than a shava pruta. Rashi explains over here, and we're going to pay back slowly but surely in increments that does not obligate me in being mayo behektish. Shmamina, you learn from here. Work for me, even though I'm not feeding you, because again. The owner here is not the one giving his master, giving his servant food. The servant is borrowing money. Says Gemara, one second, If that would, I'm Where he is giving him food. Says Gemara, what do you mean he's giving him food? If that's the case, so What is he borrowing for? His servant, his master is giving him food. Top of Amud Beis. Says Gemara, la dafa. He's borrowing for anything extra that the master is not helping him with. I have a lemalei hektish. Why doesn't hektish say ad hashta until now? You were okay without any extra things while you're working for your master. And here too, you have enough. So um, we, you should also just work up until the man without a dafa. Now that we own you. Before the Eved, the master owned you. So whatever the circum, whatever the obligations to the master were, that's going to be your obligations to us and our obligations to you. As the Gemara says, itself wants him to have adafa, wants him to have extra food, because the more food and the more the, the more uh, conveniences, comforts that a person brings into their life. Now, sometimes it can make you lazy, but over here we're dealing with a type of food that's going to add to his energy and make him a better worker. Says the Gemara, So um, we said that the Eved is going to work for Hektish, and pay back. Well, as he's working, everything becomes Hektish right away. And therefore, all the money goes straight to the Beis HaMikdash, it's theirs, and it can't be used to repay whoever the guy, whoever the Evan borrowed money from. Because any income of something that belongs to Hektish goes to Hektish. So what's your chap? What's your chap? We'll say, hey, he belongs to Hektish. So what should we do? Let him borrow money, and as he works, he'll pay back the lenders. Can't do that. Because as you work, that money is going to go straight to Hektish. So Gemara says, that's what we explained, the Pachas, Pachas Mishavah Pruta. He should pay back less than a Shavah Pruta 
and it could be used to pay back a debt, but it doesn't, anything less than a pruta doesn't take on the Kedusha Sektish. It's logical to explain it like this, Rav, Rav says, if a person is maktish, the hands of his servant, now uh, the hands over here means the work of his hands, this Eved could work and benefit from his work, the Eli Avda, because if he doesn't work, man, yeah, who's going to give him food? What else is he supposed to do? It makes sense, that uh, this one is where he's being Mila, where uh, the, the master's elevating him, meaning feeding him, and the master cannot tell him to work without, without, uh, um, uh, you work for me, but I'm not going to feed you. But what about a case where the the Adon, the master, is not Maila? He's not giving him enough food. Shapir. So then the halachas make sense. But if you're going to say, We're dealing with a case where he's not giving him food, and we allow the master to do that. I'm not giving you food, but you still work for me. The Eli Avda Man Polachle. So who else is going to feed this Evid then? Man Deboy Niflachay. Whoever wants. Whoever wants. You go go earn uh, go figure it out uh, go figure it out by yourself. Okay? So in other words, the Gemara is saying like this. Gemara is bothered. If you're going to have an Adon, a master, that's forcing his, his servant to work, and he does not need to feed him, so then nobody has to take care of this Evid. And we have a problem. This girl's guy could just be stuck. Okay. It's got to be Ishmamina. It's got to be that a master cannot tell an Evid, you work for me and I will not feed you. Toshma, says the Gemara. No. I'll show you that there is an opinion that a master could tell his servant, you work for me and I'm not going to feed you. Toshma, come and listen. says, now we're going to get into the laws of Bavakama. Okay? When it comes to damage of a human. So we know if somebody damages somebody else, so they're obligated in Nezek, Tsar, Ripoy, Sheves, and Boishas. You're obligated to pay for damages. You have to pay for the Tsar, the pain. Ripoy, the medical bills. Sheves, loss of work. Uboishas, and embarrassment. Now it's going to depend on who you injured to decide some of these payments. It's going to be different payments depending on who, uh, who ultimately got hurt over here. So let's get into this. Rabbi Yechelen says, if somebody cuts off his friend's servant's hand, so Ruvain owns a servant, Shimon cuts off the hand of that servant. Naisin shivtai urfuasa the rabbi. The Sheves, the loss of work, and the medical bills need to be paid to the rabbi, need to be paid to the master. Okay? Goes to the master. And that servant gets fed from tzedakah. Work for me, and I'm not going to feed you. Okay? Beautiful. Now, how do you see this? Because you see that an owner is going to receive the damage of the Ebed as if the Ebed would have stayed healthy. Now he's not working right now. So you see, he still gains even without taking the loss. Says the Gemara, 
there's no proof because what we don't have here the owner is feeding him. Says if that's true, why do we say the Ebed has to eat from tzedakah? The master's feeding him. The master's giving him his basic amounts, and tzedakah gives him more. Why more? He's sick, so he needs more food. Says the Gemara, Yochi, if that's true, Nizayin, why does it say he's obli- that, that we feed him? Misparnes, miboyle. We should have said he got support, whatever's needed. So you see, it seems to imply that the owner technically doesn't need to give him at all. Allah, Shmamina, Yochol, Shmamina. Rather, you must see from here that we have an opinion that a master is Yochol, is able. To tell his servant, you work, I'm not obligated to feed you, you live off of tzedakah. Shmamina, we talk to see this other uh, opposing view. Okay, so you got like here, what, we ha- what we're walking away with after this Toshma is that we talk to have a machlaikas, there's a machlaikas dispute about whether or not a master is permitted to have his evid work without obligating himself in compensation. Again, if he, in, if he doesn't feed the evid, the evid's going to have to live somehow. And that's going to be a, a loss of work to the master because that was going to go work for somebody else and take that income uh, to feed himself. But either way, what we're dealing with here is the direct responsibility of a master to feed his, his servant, Machlechus. Okay. Omar Mar. The Tana taught us. If Shimon cuts off the hand of Reuven's servant, he needs to pay Sheves loss of work and medical bills to Reuven, to the master. Shiftai, the loss of work, pshita, of course it goes to the master. Because the master is the one who's losing out on his servant's work. The Chiddush over here is going to be that Shimon has to pay the medical bills to the master as well. Okay? So that's really the Chiddush. Says the Gemara, one second. Rafua, the medical bills we say go to the master. Why? Rafua say didehi. That should go to the servant. The boy is to yebe. He's the one who, who's paying for his medical bills. What can happen, the Gemara is bothered, is what can happen is like this Reuven has a servant. His servant's hand gets cut off. It's $10,000 in medical bills. Shimon is going to give, pay $10,000 to the master. Well, if the servant has to pay his own medical bills, then we have a problem. Because the servant's paying the medical bills, but Shruvain's getting money. That doesn't make any sense. The Gemara says, let me explain. What happened was, he comes to the hospital, and they estimated it's going to be five days of treatment. And it turned out, they gave him good medicine. This is and he ended up being healed in three days. I would have thought to say, that usually when treatment goes faster, there's greater pain. So I would say it's the servant who took the greater pain and got himself better in three days. So he should be the one who receives the, the, the money saved for the extra two days. Kamash Malan. Birchan lets us know that all the money goes to the master. Okay. 
Tani, we learned in the Bray, Samar, Belazar, Amru, Amarnu, Loy, Lemeir. We said to Mayor Valais Chosulevet, going back to our Mishnah, that a Shliach, a messenger, can accept a declaration of freedom. Valais Chosulevet, but isn't it Chosulevet? She had to be Dachas Yedei Rabbi Lechiris, that he should go Lechiris. Mayor, why do you hold that it's not, that he's not free? That it's not to his advantage. It's not his advantage. It's not to the advantage of a servant to go free. Because a servant is allowed to eat truma as long as he's owned by the master. If a master is a kayin, the ever can eat. Now that he's free, he can't eat truma. So it's not 100% to his advantage to be free. So we said to Remeir, Very nice, he's allowed to eat truma if his master is a kayin. But the master can also say to the Abed, I don't need to feed you at all. Rashai, he could do that. So, even though he has a right to eat Shuma, he ain't necessarily getting it. Might as well free him. Omar Lanus, the mayor said, Let's say the servant would run away. You have a wife of a Kayan who's married. She runs away. They can still eat Shuma as long as she's married and as long as this guy is officially an Abed. But this servant cannot once, uh, uh, once this messenger frees him, there's no choice. You're no longer an Eved, and therefore you for sure lose out on your Truma abilities. Says the Gemara, But everybody will agree that by a woman, accepting a divorce document for a woman, it's a Chayv. It's not to her advantage, 100%. Shekin Paslam in a Truma, because as soon as she gets divorced, if her husband's a kayan, she's not allowed to eat truma. Umafsidam and amazonis, and the husband's not obligated to feed her. Maika amrulei, maika mahadulei. Says Gemara, what was this back and forth? What was the machlekas? What is the machlekas based on between the other chachamim and Rebbe Meir? This is what the the source of the machlekas. This is the background logic. Hashev tuni al You're talking about food. If an Ebed is free, so he's not going to receive food from the master anymore. Now let me ask you a question. What about Truma? Very nice, he loses out the food, he's free. What about Truma? He loses that. What are you going to say? That if the master wants, he could always free his servant at any time and stop the servant from eating Truma and therefore... Truma is never fully considered a right of an Evan anyway because it could stop at any moment. I'll tell you what. An Evan can get around his servant, his master freeing him by hiding. And this way the master can never, or at least for the time being, would not be able to free him. And while that's happening, the Evan could continue to eat Truma. So it isn't his capabilities to keep up truma against the will of the master. And what would be the halacha if you have a servant of a kain that runs away? Could they eat truma? They certainly could. But this servant, now that I accepted the document for him, cannot eat truma anymore. And therefore says Reb Meir, even to accept a letter of freedom, a document of freedom for an Ebed, is not completely to his advantage. 
Says the Gemara, Shapir Kamar Lahu. He's saying good. Rameir is saying good. Yeah? Rameir is saying good. He's got a good logic that Taka, now we have to ask ourselves, why is it that if this messenger accepts a, a letter of freedom on behalf of the Eved, that it's considered 100% to the Eved's advantage? Rameir just showed us there's times where it's a disadvantage to the Eved to be free. Amarav, Rav says, Hainu Haji Masnisen. This is why they said in our Mishnah, Bipnei Mahu Kinyanai. That it's still considered, the Chamar are going to argue on Rameir, it's still considered an advantage to him. Because granted, you can have a case of a servant of a Kaya and he could lose Truma, but you know what? The Against the will of the Evad, even if he runs and hides, the owner Kayan could give him over to Yisrael. You can make a transaction without the Evet even being there. Charge some money, sell the Evet, and now that the servant is owned by a Yisrael master, he can no longer eat truma, and therefore you cannot say that it's completely to his advantage. But Meir will respond, Tenach Evet Koyen, Evet Yisrael, Ma'ikol Amemar. If it's Evet Yisrael, there's really no way for to to work around that, um, to say that it's to his disadvantage. No, there is a loss because while you're never Kanani, you're allowed to marry a Shivcha Kananis. Once, you, once you're freed, you become a full fledged Yisrael, you lose out on some Shidduch prospects. So one says, Other you lose out on Shidduch, you're right, but it's the opposite because granted, you can't marry a Shivcha Kananis, but guess what? A whole world of Shidduchim open up to him because now he's considered a Jew. He can marry every other Jewish woman. Last step, says Gemara, Avda, Bevkira, Nechalei. An Eva Kanani prefers the freedom with a Shivcha Kananis where it's like a quasi marriage and he's not locked down in a in a uh, in a uh, specific relationship. because it's more it's more um, uh, available to him and somebody who's going to act in ways of immorality with him. And therefore, ultimately, says Rameir, it's like a psychological machlekas over here. There's a lot to unpack. And it's, I believe there's an important message here as well, understanding the human psyche. Ramirez says uh, in, it is considered the disadvantage of an Eved because an Eved would prefer having less Shidduch prospects, but having the freedom of being with Shifcha Kananises that are more like him, a shtickle more immoral, than to be completely free and be uh, enter the Parsha of Shidduchim in, uh, in a standard setting. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. We're up to the Mishnah Bezim tomorrow. We will pick up from the Mishnah on Dafir Gimel. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, Heber.